It's a good place to be in the Father's hands, resting in Him and all that stuff that seems bigger than you. you know, leave with Him. Leave it with Him right now. I, I want to start off this morning as is my custom. That way I know my sermons always start off good at least, is by reading some God-breathed words. Uh, words that are alive and active, sharp and penetrating, true and transforming. Words that are powerful and at times words that are sobering. Uh, Jesus said in a great sermon on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, he said, Enter through the narrow great gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. He said to the Pharisee Nicodemus in John chapter 3, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they've not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Jesus said that night of his arrest, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. And then in Acts chapter 4, Peter and the apostles are standing before the Jewish leaders who were upset because they preached Jesus and healed a man who had been born lame. Uh, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness showed to a man who was lame, if you're mad because we healed somebody, and we're asked, How was he healed? Then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. And then he says this, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And then Jesus, we read in Revelation chapter 20, Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth. We thank you that we can rest in your hands. Uh, Holy Spirit, um, you knew about this day before it came to pass. And I just pray you knew who would be here. I just pray for open minds and open hearts. God, just help me to speak your truth in a way that just honors you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we are in this series, been there a while, becoming the church that he intended. And I'm going to say it again, like, why in the world would we want to become anything other than the church he intended? Yet at times we do and at times we are other than. And these conversations we've been talking about are, and they're critical, they're crucial, important. You know, I, I went to you know, a thesaurus this week and I tried to find a bunch of words. I just couldn't find any good words. They lay down and say, this is so absolutely essential what we're talking about because there are eternal destinies that are tied to Maple Grove becoming the church that Jesus intended. I, I understand if, if 
What we say we believe is true, like the scriptures I just read, then for many people, and I'm not sure how many, hundreds, maybe thousands, whether or not they spend forever in an awesome and amazing place called heaven, or they spend their forever in a terrifying, dark, and horrific place called hell, the lake of unending fire, it's tied to Maple Grove, it's tied to you and I becoming the people in church that he intended. And I, and I know that this is uncomfortable, right? It's something that we would rather not talk about. We'd rather ignore this truth. It's not pleasant. But avoiding and ignoring the truth never makes the truth go away. And the truth is that you and I drove past, we walked by, we locked eyes on countless people this very week, uh, maybe where we work, maybe where we go to school, maybe on the bus, uh, uh, maybe at home, maybe in the neighborhood, people who stand condemned already and at this moment face a Christless eternity because their names are not written in the book of life. You see, what we do, who we are, how we live, and what we become has eternal consequences. That is why the conversations we're having, that's why they matter. And so far in the series, we talked about how the church that Jesus intended is so much more than a building or a place that we meet for, you know, 90 minutes every week. Instead, the church, Maple Grove, is Christ's body. It's his bride. It's his family. It's his flock. It's God's temple where the Holy Spirit and his presence dwells. It's the promised messianic kingdom. It's the called out ones, called out from the world, they'll go back into the world to make a difference. And the church really is the hope of this world. And the reason I keep reminding us of these truths every week is because they are true and they are empowering and they are transforming and they're truths that we need to reflect on, meditate on, and truths we need to, we need to live out and truths we need to celebrate, right? I mean, we are the family of God, right? We are the bride of Christ. You know, we are the flock of God. We are God's holy temple. We are the hope of the world. And we've also talked about how, how, the church Jesus intended is, is made up of people who, who die to themselves. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must, must, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. You see, we're to be crucified followers, not fans, who are devoted to the apostles' teachings, the fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and the prayer. And as we continue on the home stretch of the series, we're we're unpacking the, the truth that the church she's intended is made up of people who are, who are living their lives on mission, right? Who are living their lives on mission and, and people who, like Jesus, have both built their lives on and are centering their lives around three things. Seeking the lost, making disciples, and showing compassion, you know, uh, and the question is, you know, are, are those three things what I'm building my life on? Is, are those three things what I'm centering my, my life around? If not, then, then, then what am I? And what are you centering our lives around? You know, in that little diagram, it, 
It, it just shows the process, the path that we take to ensure that we're living our lives on mission. And, you know, a life lived on mission, it begins, the only place it can begin is with belong, for, with someone belonging to God, belonging to Jesus by surrendering their lives, and then belonging to the church. And, and, and then, but you don't stay there, you know, uh, then a life, not, it begins with belong, but it deepens with grow as we embrace habits that help us grow to be more like Jesus. And then a life with a mission, it, it strengthens his body as you and I use our unique talents and abilities, giving us to God. We're all different, all have different abilities, different hearts, different passions to make his church stronger. And then home, you know, it, it unleashes, a life with a mission unleashes a power with God as we engage as we engage the world by, by doing acts of compassion, like Compassion Sunday, or when you just help a neighbor out, you do these things, right? And by sharing our faith, right? And, and this is our third week looking at grow, which is about developing habits. We all have habits, right? Some good ones, some bad ones. Habits that will help you live the life you're created to live, help you live a life lived on mission. A spiritual habit, they're, they're basically any, any activity that you can do by direct effort that will enable you to do what you cannot do by direct effort, which is to unleash a transforming power to live the kind of life that Jesus both taught and modeled. See, habits are things you can do. You cannot transform your life, but you can you can do these habits which will put you in a place where God can do what only God can do. And we're looking at six habits. There's a whole lot more than six, right? But we're looking at six core habits that if you embrace them, if you embrace them, you will live your life on mission and you'll live the life you're created to live. One was the habit of, of church attendance, regular church attendance. Let us not neglect are meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And there was a habit of doing life together. We are in this struggle together. Ecclesiastes 4. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their work. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. That's, that's a sad picture, right? And our world's full of people that are falling. Even maybe people who attend church are falling and there's no one to pick them up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist them. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And that's habit of doing life together. That's why we do life groups. You can find more about them. Habit of spending time in God's word. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. Then the habit of talking to God in prayer. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them, the way our Lord is near us whenever we pray to him. And today we're going to talk about the habit of having a daily quiet time. A quiet time is a, a daily time set aside to be alone with God, to know him better through Bible study and prayer. Sometime in 1994, um, I've been a Christian for 15 years, been a pastor for three, went to Bible college, and 
was having coffee with a friend of mine who was a pastor, and he asked me about my quiet times. You know, and, and I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> he says, when you read the Bible, oh, I, I said, I read inside the Bible all the time. He goes, I'm not talking about that. Do you just sit down alone with God in your Bible and just pray to him, just not to, not to learn more about him, but to know him better? And I really didn't have that habit. And I said, no, I don't. And I went out and bought me a spiral notebook and began to have it. I really believe in this. The importance of a quiet time. Here, here's why it's important to have one. And the reason we're talking about it in church, because sometimes we say, okay, you all have your quiet time. You're like, what the heck is that? You have no idea what it is, right? So today I, I want to talk about what it is and, and how to have one. And, and here's why it's important. Number one, you were created to have a relationship with God. You were created to have a relationship with God. And we see this from Genesis all the way through Revelation. You know, God made us in his image. And I always loved Genesis 3.8 when the cool evening breezes were blowing. It was blowing this morning. Day was a nice day. The man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. Like just taking a walk with them. Exodus 29, we see God's passion to be with his people. I will concentrate the tent of meeting and the altar. Also consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priest. I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. And they will know that I am Yahweh, their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am Yahweh, their God. The word became flesh, right? And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Revelation 21, verse 3, and heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will be their God. Another reason it's important to have a quiet time is because Jesus died to make that relationship possible. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus... By new and living way opened up for us to the curtain that is his body. All right? You know, you had the temple, you had the holy place, the most holy, holy of holies, and that's where God's presence dwelt. And there was a huge curtain, huge thick curtain, and only the high priest could go there, and him only one time a year. And we know that in Matthew chapter 27, when Jesus gave out a loud shout from the cross and gave up his spirit, that that veil was torn into from top to bottom, right? By a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. And how tragic it is for you and I to ignore the very thing that Jesus' body was broken and torn for. You know, his body was broken and torn so that you and I could actually know him and be known by him. Number three, it's important because to be alone, time alone with God was Jesus' source of strength. Jesus often withdrew to the lonely places and prayed. I like this psalm here. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Strength and beauty are in the sanctuary. Strength and beauty. Strength is in his presence. It's like a fan, right? Pretend this is a fan. You know, some of you are like this, right? Because you're not 
You're not plugged in. Where do you get strength? Where your strength is in God's presence. When you plug into that. And Jesus knew that when he was in flesh. Number four, every person who did great things for God had this habit. You're not going to find one person that did great things for God in the Bible that didn't spend and have a relationship with God. Now, you can't be a healthy, growing Christian without it. As written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milks so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. And, and, and then it says, now that you tasted that the Lord is good is the next verse. And, and sometimes people just never tasted it for themselves, right? I mean, if I'm, I, I'd rather have me eat food than you eat food and tell me how good it is, right? You say, man, this is the best steak I've ever had. That's not going to do anything for me, right? And, and sometimes you hear other people talk about how awesome Jesus is, but you never tasted him for yourself. Purpose of a quiet time, to give devotion to God. The psalmist says, ascribe the Yahweh the glory do his name. Worship Yahweh in the splendor of his holiness. And listen, God deserves our devotion. You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. And not only does God deserve our worship, but God actually desires our devotion. But the hour is coming, and it's now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Isn't that nuts? God's actually seeking people. Like, is there anybody out there who wants to have a relationship with me? And listen, if you ever leave the room on a Sunday thinking, well, I did not get anything out of church today, sorry, but it's not about you. It's not about you, right? The purpose of worship is God. Amen? A second purpose is to gain delight in God. Listen, if you develop this habit, you'll be happier. (laughs) Your mood swings will improve. You'll still have them, but they'll improve. And your peace and joy will deepen. Delight yourself in the Lord. Do you? And he will give you the desires of your heart. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. On your right hand are are, are pleasures forever. You know, I I, I cannot tell you how many times I've, I've gone into God's presence down, discouraged, and disheartened, and left uplifted, joyful, and singing. In fact, that happened this morning. <laughs> a third purpose of a quiet time is to get direction from God. Could you use some direction in your life? Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truths and teach me for you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. And listen, getting direction from God will help you to do two things that are necessary every day. And that, number one, to commit your ways Proverbs says, consider carefully the path of your feet, and all your ways will be established. This is where you say, God, God, am I off track anywhere? What is out of whack in my life right now? Number two, you commit your days. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. 
Today, Lord, belongs to you. I am your servant. Use me. And the fourth purpose of quiet time is to grow more like God. You see, the truth is you're going to become like the person you spend the most time with. If you spend a lot of time with Jesus, guess what? Jesus will rub off on you. That's what happened to the apostles. Remember, they're standing, saying, hey, we held this lame guy, and you're all kind of freaking out. And here's how it ends in Acts 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, that word ordinary is idiotes. It's where we get our word idiot. <laughs> I love it. They were, they were idiots. They were a bunch of idiots. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Wouldn't you love that to be said about you? People, maybe it's your husband, your wife, your kids, your, your mom and dad. Maybe it's people you work with, go to school with. They see the way you act. They go, you know what? They must have been hanging out with Jesus because they sure are acting like Jesus. And so you get, give devotion to God, gain delight in God, get direction from him, and spend time where you grow to be more like him. Now, how to have a quiet time? Select a specific time. And the best time is when you're at your best, but there is kind of good reason to choose an early morning time. Like most musicians would tune their instruments, would they tune it before or after they had the concert? When would they do it? Probably before, right? So it, it'd be a good idea to tune your instrument before you start your day, right? You know, um, Jesus modeled that. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So you, you pick a time. You choose a specific place. Uh, Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and, he, and his disciples followed him. So he had, he had a place. Hey, here's where I go, and when I go here, this is where I kind of meet with God. You know, and, and recently I, I had to redefine my specific place. That's a picture. It's nothing great there. That's my place, right? It's in my basement or lower level, I like to call it because it's finished, right? It's the lower level. And that's, when I go there, that's where I hang out with God, right? You know, I don't, if I try to do it at my desk or somewhere else, I'm getting distracted. That, that's, that's my place. And where I know, hey, when I go here, here's where I hang out with God, right? I, I get this, that's my holy place, right? Um, then you gather the stuff that you're going to need. Your Bible, maybe a notebook, maybe some earbuds so you can, some music and worship. Um, you may need this. Most mornings I have this, and it's filled with coffee, right? And, and, and uh, anything, I, I'm kind of weird. I actually have to have a hat on when I do my devotions. I started this habit of writing inside my hat. You can see the inside right there. Um, I, I, that it was first written in my hat on December the 7th, uh, 2009. I was in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, visiting my mom, very discouraged about my life and, and ministry and everything else. I went to hear, to hear a church service, and the guy said, you know, it's hard to read. It's right there. Um, seven words that really impacted me. It's never too late to be used by God. And then I got, I've gotten all kinds of crazy in this hat. And what I, what I do, this is me, and that's it. And, and I got about like nine or ten different hats. This is actually the coffee cup that I got from the visitor center that day, Crossroads Christian Church. And so when I go... 
when I do a quiet time, I, okay, what hat do I need today? And I grab this hat. Here's what I need here. And I read what I've written in it. And I go, okay, when I went here, this is what God taught me. Or maybe I grab a mug from Brazil or for Gordon College. I, 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 I'm weird, right? But I, I get stuff I need that kind of sets the tone for me. And, and I do my quiet time. Then you begin with the right attitude. Be relaxed. Hey, God wants you there, right? Be real. You know, don't, don't try to impress God. <laughs> Just be real. Be eager. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I mean, be eager. Like, hey, I know I'm going to hear from you, God. I know I'm going to hear something that I need that's going to help me. I'll be humble and submissive. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. And, and that means you, you say, God, I'm, I'm going to come into your presence and I'm going to listen to you and and, and, and I'm coming prideful, and you may show me some stuff I may not agree with, I may not like, I may have never seen it that way before, but I'm going to be humble and receive from you and say yes to you. And then you follow a simple plan. And, and uh, here's the plan we're going to talk about. And then in a moment, we're going to take you know, seven to ten minutes, and we're going to do a quiet time in here. We're going to spread out across this room. Uh, I made up these little quiet times for you. And uh, I came up with the word relax this week, right? Here, you know, here's your simple plan, and I, I'm going to walk through it, then you're going to see it right on your thing right here. The R stands for relax, slow down and breathe. I'm not getting weird on you, but, you know, and you breathe. You go, you, you inhale, you're kind of slowing down, disconnected from the world. Inhale, be still and know, and as you exhale, pray out to God, you know, in your head or whatever, that you're God. Be still and know that you're God. Inhale, Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. Take a minute or so to do that. The E stands for enter. Uh, come into his presence through prayer. At this point, you would do the acts of prayer that we talked about, adoration. You would, you, you would tell God, God, you're awesome and amazing. You're bigger than I thought you were. You're my rock. You're my fortress. You're my hero. You're my life. You're my song. Whatever. Confession. God, you know what? I need to come clean with you. You know, this, this past week, you know, the way I acted was wrong. It was sinful. Will you forgive me? Thanksgiving, then you take some time to thank God for some things. And then be sure to end your enter by thanking God for his word and asking him to open up your heart and mind to hear from him. The L stands for listen. That's where you read God's word, listening to his voice. You relax, you enter, you listen, and then you ask. God, what are you trying to say to me? That's coming soon. That's our background music. And, and, and I, I chose a new word other than, you know, uh, uh, space bets. I, I chose escape. This helps me. I'm going to escape the traps of the enemy with the word of God so I can live the life God wants me to live, okay? Uh, is there an error to avoid? Is there a sin to confess? Is there a command to obey? Is there an attitude that needs changing? Is there a promise to claim and hold on to? Is there an example to follow? You say, God, God, God what are you trying to tell me? You know, and, and, and okay, I got, I got a little um, tricky on the exit. X stands for exit. And this is where you ask God to help intercede for the kingdom First for the kingdom, then for others, then for yourself. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to pass these out. Or people are going to help me pass these out. Like Drew, everybody just pass these out. 
Here, let me pass these out. What's up, America? We're, we're live. <laughs> and I, I got to admit, I've never done this before in church. And, and, and uh, there, there's pens at, at every kiosk in the back. There's pens here. And, and, and so what you guys are going to do, you know, I, I would encourage you to you know, move around. There's plenty of room in here. Lean against the wall. Lean somewhere. We're going to take about seven minutes. And, you know, and, and I want to just encourage you to do this. It may seem a little bit uncomfortable. But just know that, that God is waiting right now to meet with you to commune with you. So you're going to hear some background music. And then when you hear Cameron come up and begin playing again, um, that's when we'll come back, all right? So go ahead and hang out with your creator. Amen. Hey, y'all can grab a, a real quick seat. Just a few more things. I hope you heard from God. Things that stuck out to me were just... Uh, a uh, few words, four words. Um, live with great expectation. Uh, I don't always do that. And the other thing that struck me, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Maybe not where you're at right now, but we can really be glad because of we know what's coming and there's some promises that I'm going to hold on to. Here's just some problems you're going to have with your quiet time. This will be quick, but problem with discipline, you need to schedule it. You need to ask someone to hold you accountable. Uh, need to be prepared for excuses. Uh, go to bed early. Get up immediately. You know, those two times you hit the, the snooze button, that could have been 10 minutes with God, right? You're probably not sleeping anyhow. You're just waiting for it to go off again, hoping it doesn't, right? And that's, you hit it twice, that's time you can spend with God. Problem of distraction, you know, um, get out of bed. <laughs> uh, get thoroughly awake, read and pray aloud. And this is important. Let emails, texts, social media, or anything else wait, right? Don't open up an email. Don't check social media. You know, I, I, can't, I, I can't check CBS Sports app, right? None of that stuff, right? Make sure you're in your spot. I try to do my quiet time at my desk this week. Didn't work so good, right? Problem of dryness. You know, sometimes you're going to feel like I didn't get anything out of my quiet time, but never judge your quiet time by your feelings because feelings lie all the time, don't they? Um, so here's some possible causes of dryness, right? Your physical condition, you're just wore out. Maybe you didn't take a nap. Disobedience to God. Like God has given you stuff in his word, but you're not doing it. So why would he give you something new if you're not going to act on what he's already given you? I'm rushing your quiet time. I have this habit I call drive-by devotions. You know, okay, God, you got 10 minutes. You best hurry. Give me something good, you know, um, I'm in my car, I roll down my window rather than getting on the porch and sitting with him, right? And that doesn't work. God's not going to play that game with me. He never does. Um, I'm not sharing insight with others, right? You know, it's good for you to share stuff that God has taught you, right? Now, some stuff he wants you, you to keep to yourself, but other stuff, hey, let other people uh, know about that, right? Because if you're taken in without sharing it, you kind of get backed up, right? It doesn't work so good. Um, what if you miss a day? Okay, have you ever missed a meal? And did you say, well, I missed a meal. I guess I'll never eat again, right? I guess I'm just not a good eater, right? No, <laughs> right? You don't do that with a meal. So uh, don't go on a guilt trip. 
uh, don't become legalistic and don't give up. You know, it, it, it takes about three weeks to become familiar with the habit and no three weeks to become comfortable in it. You know, so don't give up. This is, like I said, I, I went 15 years as a Christian and, and was not very good at it. And I still struggle with it because the enemy fears it. He, you will struggle with this because the last place he wants you is at the feet of Jesus. Amen. He doesn't want you there. He's afraid of it. And, and, and uh, I, I just want to give you two pictures of, as we wrap up. Two cho- and they represent choices. Right. Uh, picture one. You've probably seen this picture before. This is just part of it. It's just the hands, right? This is God and Adam, right? And you can see this actually is God's hand here. If you see the, the real picture, right, the full picture, I mean, God is stretching out. His hair and beard are being blown back, and, and God is trying to close the distance between himself with man because he wants to be with man. And Adam is like, I don't know. I don't know. I just saw that. So, all right, maybe I'll talk with him. See, that, that's the picture, right? And so that, that's one picture you can choose. I'm telling you, the creator of the universe loves you and wants a deeper relationship with you. He does. You know, and are we going to be like that? Or David paints this picture here. We'll close with this. As a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for you, the living God. When can I go and meet with God? As the deer longs for streams of water. And as I say, that's not Bambi hopping through the forest. That's a deer about to die in the desert. As a deer, (laughs) sorry. As a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Anytime. Anywhere. And one more thing about dryness. Sometimes, you know, you're reading the Bible. Maybe God just wants you to worship, and you haven't done that for a while. Maybe once you get outside in creation. I was walking out this morning to cool air, listening to worship music, singing because no one was around, and, and, uh, or maybe they were. But, and I go, this is so awesome. And I heard God say, I'm here every day. <laughs> like, I'm here every day. You're enjoying the creation, seeing the mist come off the water because they're temper- God says, I'm here every day. Here in the verse, I'm here every day. And every day, God just wants to meet with you. And every day you have a choice. Are you going to be Adam? I don't know. Or do you be that deer saying, man, I long for you. I need you. I'm desperate for you. Listen, when life is not working, that's a clue phone saying, just hang out with God. You know, there's nothing more important in your life. It's more important. I'm not saying church isn't important, but this is more important than going to church. It's having your own personal relationship with God. And your relationship with God is unique to you, and mine is unique to me. And you have a choice of what will you build your life on. Um, we're we're going to sing the song, and we're going to take communion. You know, and, and, and as we celebrate Jesus' broken body and his shed blood, you know, he did that so that you can have this relationship. You know, he did that so you can know God and be known by God. You know, and, and what, a, what an opportunity we have, right, to know the creator of the universe. So you guys stand. Um, you know, as always, our communion is off to the sides. And uh, you have the two cups there, cracker in the bottom. And, and uh, it's where we take up our offering.
But as we sing this song about, you know, I will build my life, you know, think about what you're building your life on and what you should be building it on. You know, and, and, and maybe in the years to come, you'll look back on August the 25th, 2019, and say, that's the day, you know, that I decided that, you know what, I want to build my life on my relationship with God, and I'm going to let nothing get in the way of it anymore. Let's sing.